0: It's it's truly mind boggling. And that's, that's why I say the, the, the level of incompetence and the impact of this is, is so vast that it cannot simply be incompetence. It must be a deliberate effort with instructions to the very top of that part of the police force, probably from the minister down.
1: have with me Jonathan Fouchier, who is the chairperson of the, wait for it, South African Arms and Ammunition Dealers Association. And we often think that when you talk about someone dealing in something, uh, it's something bad, and when you add arms and ammunition to it, <laughs> it comes with perhaps certain perceptions. But that is not the case, because The firearm dealers play a very important role in giving us access to firearms. They're often champions of firearm rights. They come across many interesting firearms and interesting challenges in the firearms environment. And Jonathan is here to explain to us what the Dealers Association does, both in terms of the regulatory environment, what its function is with interfacing with government and what it can offer you as the consumer because obviously if you want to get a firearm, a licensed firearm, let's remember that, you must go to a dealer and that dealer has to comply with certain requirements and he should be able to sell you a quality firearm that suits your requirements. So Jonathan, let's just start very briefly. What's a firearm dealer? A firearm dealer is a
0: generally a company. It might even be an individual, but mostly uh, some form of company that supplies firearms uh, and generally ammunition to anybody who wants to buy a legally licensed firearm. They acquire them from various places. Generally, uh, I think most of the dealers in South Africa will acquire them from some of the registered and recognized importers and then uh, take them into their
1: dealer stock in order to be able to to sell them. So people can't see this, but you've got a, a T-shirt on with a picture of what I would call a fun gun. Absolutely. So, so before we go into the more serious stuff, let's talk about fun guns. What What is that on... On on your T-shirt, it it looks to me like a bit of a, a space gun.
0: Absolutely, um, uh, one of the modern developments, and and let's face it, firearms have always led technology uh, since the very first uh, firearms were developed. There was a continual move to improve uh, technology, and and that's actually one of the things that drew me personally into into this world. But the uh, the picture on my shirt is a, an infinity pistol, one of the Fantastic uh, examples of the use of technology in firearms today, where uh, a company called Infinity in the USA makes these firearms, each one custom made to absolutely exacting tolerances. So when you hold and cycle one of these firearms, it's incredibly, incredibly smooth. Uh, There's no rattle, no shaking, nothing. Superbly accurate, superbly reliable. Out of the box and and absolutely a pleasure to shoot. Designed to shoot super fast. Some of the top competitors in the world. Uh, use these. Uh, and it's
1: and it's got like a, a weird and wacky sight on top of it as mm-hmm.
0: well. Yep, these uh, uh, the, the modern firearms for the uh, let's call it the Formula 1 of sport shooting, open division, are kitted out with compensators on the front of the barrel to help reduce recoil kind of like a, a jet going upwards as the bullet goes out the front of the barrel, pushing the barrel down again enables you to fire your follow up shots a whole lot quicker and then to help speed up things further instead of having to focus on your sights and change your focus between your target and your sights uh, technology was developed probably 20 odd, 25 years ago uh, called red dot sights very commonplace these days but uh, this uh, sport pioneered them and they live today on the top of these uh, uh, sporting pistols Um, and you'll see many of the troops around the world i think popularized very much in the uh, wars in um, Afghanistan and Iraq uh, Where the American military is also using these red hot sights on on their firearms But pioneered out of the sport shooting
1: and really great fun to shoot And of course that leads into the specifics of a dealer And that is that's where we go to get these things isn't it And a dealer will have a, a diverse ...range of products. I I happen to know that your specific dealership shooting stuff specializes in in, in sporting pistols. But a dealer, a licensed dealer, and we'll talk about the licensing in a moment, you should be able to walk into a firearm dealer and he should be able to sell you anything from the space gun on your T-shirt to a hunting rifle to a self-loading rifle for sporting purposes and... Listen up, everybody. A belt-fed machine gun if necessary. Is, is that is that correct? <laughs> Believe it or not,
0: yes and no. So the provisions in the Firearms Control Act do allow uh, dealers with certain uh, license conditions to be able to supply prohibited firearms. Generally, all dealers are fully licensed to supply uh, restricted firearms. Those restricted firearms are typically semi-automatic rifles and semi-automatic shotguns, but uh, prohibited firearms are what we know as uh, commonly as machine guns, whether it's a uh, belt-fed Vickers coming out of World War I, which I incidentally had the privilege of uh, firing some of the first shots out of that gun in a 100 years at our collectors' association's. Meeting uh, at the end of last year It was uh, a machine gun That was captured in World War I By the Cape Colored Regiment And ended up in poor condition In storage after a while And one of the members of the Collectors Association Decided to restore it um, And it's, it's been a process That's been ongoing for Close on 10 years And he fired the first shots And I had the good privilege To fire
1: the second burst Out of the gun Let's start with what you need to do to become a licensed firearm dealer, because I personally can't think of anything much more exciting than selling guns and having access to a whole ton of guns, but then I'm biased. So you want to become a dealer in firearms. What are the basic requirements? There's kind of two
0: processes. So the people need to get the necessary prescribed training uh, and acquire a competency certificate to trade in firearms and ammunition, that involves a training aspect through the uh, Professional Firearms Training Association, or Corporation, whatever they are, PFTC, and ultimately an application to the uh, police uh, as similar to the normal uh, competency certification. And what about premises? So that's the second part. The actual company or the, I guess, person or juristic person that uh, intends to uh, be the firearms dealer, that company uh, needs premises that must be secure, must have the right sort of uh, safes or vaults to secure the firearms, uh, must be protected by an alarm system and so on. And once all of that is in place, then the police uh, may issue a firearm dealer's license that enables the suitably
1: qualified people to be able to trade out of those premises so, and sell
0: guns to, to
1: the public. So we're selling guns. With firearms comes accessories. So what should I what should I see when I walk into a firearm dealer? What should be available to me? And what does a dealer do? What service does a, a dealer perform that makes them a part of the firearm owning process?
0: Well, I'm not sure if we've got enough time for, for all of those things, but... Uh, in a, in a nutshell, when you um, visit a, a firearms dealer, you're going to find firearms often a broad spectrum in some of the bigger dealerships. The smaller niche players will have a, a much more focused selection available and ammunition to support the firearms that they're selling, be they shotguns, handguns, or rifles, um, Some dealers might be focused almost exclusively to the hunting environment and have very few handguns available at all. You might find another one focused on the clay target or bird shooting market and have an almost exclusive uh, array of uh, double-barreled or over-and-under shotguns available for sale and the shotgun ammunition to support those.
1: What about accessories?
0: Again, those accessories are going to be focused on the types of firearms or the niche market of that specific dealer be they uh carriers for the for the firearms sights for uh, some of the uh, fancier rifles and pistols electronic sights you can find suppressors for for many rifles these days the suppressors a, are gaining I, I a lot like of popularity a suppressor. Absolutely. Uh, suppressors are unrestricted in South Africa, and it's remarkable the increase in popularity of them primarily to uh, make shooting all the more enjoyable for everybody around. Uh, fun. We're talking fun, of course. Shooting
1: is always fun, Martin. Even uh, when making the- money out of shooting is even more fun because you can do on both ends, sell guns and then have fun shooting them as well. What we're actually seeing these days uh, more and more is that firearm dealers
0: are spending the money to install uh, generally indoor shooting ranges, often outdoor shooting ranges, um, co-located with their premises, so that uh, you have the opportunity to evaluate before you buy. You can test um, fire. You can test fire your guns. Would you recommend that? Absolutely. The only way to, to know how a gun works for you uh, is not just to feel the comfort in your hand, but to actually go and fire it and feel the recoil, feel the pulse coming back into your hand.
1: So, so on that, I'm going to walk into a firearm dealership. I might be a, a young lady or a young man, and I, I want a firearm, and I have an idea that I want a firearm. But how am I going to choose You
0: should talk to the people. uh, That's what their their main focus is. Um, Find a a firearms dealership that offers you sound advice. And as with anything, um, you need to build up a bit of a relationship and evaluate the, the advice. So you should for sure go and visit one or two before you make a final decision and make sure that you are comfortable with the advice that you are, uh, are being offered. And, and and get to use the firearm? Ideally, you would like to use the firearm or uh, one uh, very similar to, to, the, to the one you intend to purchase. Um, so that you can really uh, assess the comfort, the concealability if you're wanting to, to carry it for your own personal protection. The look and the shape if that's a, a, an important uh, uh, aspect for you. And and you'll see that uh, with the accessories that you were talking about, there's many, many bits that come onto, onto the market.
1: So I've got a big smile on my face now because what we've been talking about is the most commonly purchased firearm, which is a, a firearm for self-defense. Yeah. Let's talk about these guns that you mentioned where we see them on TV and they've got red dots and they've got big suppressors and… They've got all sorts of things bolted onto it. Can we get those type of firearms? Can, can dealers sell those types of firearms? There are
0: many specialist dealers in the country that do sell these firearms. Um, we're talking
1: about a we're talking about a semi-automatic rifle. We're
0: talking about a semi-automatic rifle. Generally, uh, or very few fully automatic firearms exist in South Africa. So pretty much what you see as a, a, a military-looking rifle uh, will be semi-automatic. Most of them are probably based on either the the American AR-15 system. Uh, which they the American military use the M4 by what about, Colt. What about an AK? And the AK is this is is the other uh, popular one. Um, generally much cheaper than the American-based system. Boringly reliable. Uh, there are many many of those in South Africa that tons of people own just for the pleasure of owning an AK. So, um, so and, and completely legal, completely above board. Uh, they take them to the shooting range and make holes in targets, shooting uh, steel plates at long range and
1: come away with a a smile broader than yours right now. (laughs) So available to your local dealer, your AK-47 or your AR-15. More seriously, that is what a dealer does. A dealer sells firearms. They sell them legally. They sell them to people who are properly qualified and you can have all the add-ons or bolt-ons that you want and that your wallet can afford. That's the more serious side of of the the retail side of firearms. Go to a firearm dealer. Go to one that is a member of the association, the South African Arms and Ammunition Dealers Association, because they've got a constitution and they're expected to behave in a particular way and they're expected to give a particular level of service. That's where we're at now. You can buy your AK if you want. You can buy your AR-15 if you want. They're legal. There are dealers that can sell them. Let's talk a little bit more about the serious side of things, and that is the problems in the industry And how we as an industry are trying to to resolve those And let's let's start with the police Because we all know that the police are unfortunately a very compromised organisation There's lots of controversy surrounding the current National Commissioner Who is under investigation for corruption That's Commissioner Sotoli And we know that we've had past commissioners convicted and sent to jail for corruption as well And we won't even talk about ministers of police So... What is the environment that you as a, a firearm dealer and as an association, what is the environment? I was elected
0: as the chairman of SADA, the Dealers Association, a little more than a year ago. And I entered office with great hope and expectation. You joined me in uh, one or two of the initial meetings that we had with the Central Firearms Registry where we talked. Nothing really came of that. Um, and I think that is... Fairly typical of what had happened over the past fifteen or twenty years, uh, at least since the Firearms Control Act was uh, implemented in two thousand and four, but at least we had dialogue um, then in January of two thousand and eighteen, the fairly infamous General Botmer abruptly uh, retired from the police service and was replaced by General. Mamuteti. I would like to have seen a boot print on his backside but that's just a personal opinion I fully understand that uh, I think there's um place for additional boot prints uh, coming down the line We had a uh what we thought was a fruitful meeting with uh General Mamuteti, who was freshly taken over from General Botner that meeting was in uh, March 2018 and included the senior members of the Central Firearms Registry as well The meeting was unfortunately the last sensible communication that we ever had from the uh, that group of uh, police officials, all of our attempts to engage with them to resolve the numerous problems that we had again raised what,
1: what problems
0: well what problems um, the first and foremost, probably the biggest problem uh, facing the the industry as a whole and all the uh, people trying to license firearms at the moment is the police's refusal. I wanted to say inability, but I don't believe it's that. I think it's a, a conscious decision so it's uh, from, intentional. from that side. I believe it is. I, we have no proof that it is. But they're simply not processing the firearms dealer's transfer of uh, firearm documents. So part of the legal process that a, a firearms dealer has is whenever they receive a firearm from whatever source – or whenever a firearm leaves their premises going either to a newly licensed person or being transferred to another dealer or even to a gunsmith, they are obliged to notify the Central Firearms Registry uh, who controls firearms in South Africa.
1: Which is a very important function,
0: isn't it? It is. Um, they're supposed to notify the CFR that the guns are moving, so CFR knows where all the guns are. Sadly, CFR has lost control of firearms in South Africa, They do not know what is where, and we can verify or we vouch for that by the fact that they simply do not process the documentation to put newly acquired firearms onto the dealer's stock.
1: So this is quite a startling statement, and I I personally subscribe very strongly to that view as well that the police have lost control of firearms in this country, and it undermines the whole purpose of the legislation. Absolutely. And it puts – the functional role of a dealer in a very compromised position, doesn't it? Because you are meant to act as the interface between the police who should control firearms and the public who want to buy firearms legally. That is a, um, the critical role that dealers fulfill. And
0: one of the important limitations that a dealer faces is that they must be physically in possession of the firearm before they can issue firearm license documentation. And dealers adhere to that. And there's a very good reason for it because a dealer needs to verify and uh, certain information on the firearm, such as the serial number, a model, uh, other identifying in, uh, engravings, and they must supply a lot of that information on the actual license form. So it makes sense to be physically in possession. But now since the uh, Central Firearms Registry has lost control of the firearms, they are now trying to insinuate that dealers may no, n- may no longer sell firearms that do not correspond to the vastly flawed records Of the Central Firearms Registry Database. Which
1: is a problem for all of us. Absolutely. But you said that it seems to be that this conduct is intentional, and I would interpret that then to be gun control by stealth, by other means. Because if you can't sell a gun, you sit with the firearm that you paid for, you sit with a firearm that no one can come and purchase, you're tying up your money, you can't resell it, and... The consumer can't get access to the product That that to me is quite startling That instead of coming out right And saying to the firearm dealers and to the public We don't want any more firearms in South Africa The police have taken a completely different route And that route seems to be a stealthy route Where they deny it publicly And we'll talk about that Because Mm. those denials have appeared in your court case And yet they also seem to be doing it intentionally why do you say that they're doing it intentionally?
0: Nobody can be this incompetent. Uh, the level of incompetence that we're seeing can only come from intent. Uh, there there any- are clear, clearly capable parts of the police, often the, the, the um, designated firearms officers that you or that each of us as the individual deals with at the police station trying to submit the documentation. Uh, they, they're very helpful, and, and by and large, they kept the system going in the past. But there was a, a, a ruling from the infamous Br- uh, General Botma to stop the designated firearm officer from catching up the backlog, um, paper upda- trail,
1: uh, updating information. He stopped updating. it updating.
0: He stopped it. So so, so,
1: so sorry, but what you're saying to me is a situation where there was a practical process in place that helped the police. Yep, helped. The information to become more current And someone said stop doing that A police official He did um, And although that created many
0: many problems uh, Along the way that we've conveyed to, to the police Via the meetings that we attended Via numerous uh, emails and attempts to phone uh, They simply ignored all of this and, and more than ignored it They denied that it even existed
1: Well I checked um, their phone line yesterday Just by the way their helpline And it's been offline for a number of days. And I think that (laughs) symbolizes (laughs) the police right now. They're offline. But um, what about these allegations of deliberate deletion of information by the police? Is there any truth in that? We have clear proof that
0: um, information changes randomly and frequently. And again, the extent of it cannot be... Anything but deliberate Um, I think uh, in our court papers uh, We included something Of uh, very close to home For you Where one of your rifles Was uh, although you had it With a valid license in your hand The police system said That you did not have it In uh, around February last year and then um a few weeks after we submitted the court papers, it miraculously appeared on your
1: name. Well, I'm, go- I'm going to run with that for a moment because I bought the firearm from a licensed dealer. It was imported with an import permit. And you quite correctly point out it's one example of many in the court papers. And uh, unfortunately for the police, they can... They cannot deny this, but they gave us a, a transaction history of that particular firearm, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and it shows from that transaction history that they transferred it onto my name after the court papers were served. Correct. And, and, yeah. and I think that symbolizes what we're dealing with here in the sense that the police are tampering with uh, the information system and it comes with many, many problems, the least of which is um, the fact that it makes the commercial side of Selling firearms extremely problematic And of course it makes the it, it corrupts their information And that has led to this loss of Control that you've mentioned I've also been told that they've Swapped guns from one dealer to Another and it's not Been isolated examples It's been examples of a thousand At a time in some instances
0: It, it, it Varies so much and so Inconsistently uh, it, it actually boggles the mind at our at shooting stuff at our dealership, we've got uh, a couple of guns that we uh, we we bought a batch of five identical firearms. Four of them ended up on our books. One of them ended up in a completely different dealership. And while the uh, the buyer is now battling to get it licensed, uh, it's it's many months that it's been physically with us, uh, recorded correctly in our register, and the the police records show somewhere else. The police won't fix it except by, believe it or not, we uh, we were instructed by one of the police colonels from the Central Firearms Registry that the other dealership must give us a dealer transfer form to get it corrected. But they don't have the gun. They don't have the gun, and it would be illegal for them to issue such a form. So the police have told you to do something illegal? They did. And, and um, I uh, have insisted that any such instruction we must receive in writing. We can't... Uh, Deal or can't react to a verbal thing And I, I understand that it's the practical Way to make the system keep going But uh, It's morally wrong and um, And I, legally wrong and legally wrong and I've a, a great problem uh, uh, following Instructions like that and and that's why That particular one remains unresolved
1: Today well I think that raises A number of issues the first issue of course Is that the dealers are of course Subject to a very strict Regulatory regime yep uh, that 's in the firearms control act, and you 've touched upon those requirements, but I think what we really are going to be talking about is the fact that the dealers are compliant that regime the regulatory regime is breaking down and broken not breaking broken thank you and what that has caused soda to do the dealers association is you've you 've kind of had to change into a bit of a political lobbying maybe even confrontational body to say to the police, this is not acceptable. Uh, you've mentioned the court case, which I, of course, know about. Um, there's many serious allegations uh, in that court case about maladministration and system corruption. And there's also the issue, of course, of what we call electronic connectivity. And that was, was intended to be the cornerstone of the act, the knowledge of where a firearm is Is supposed to vest in the police Whether it is in a private individual's hands Or in a dealer like yourself And it was meant to be electronic So that changes would be instantaneous What has happened?
0: Nothing oh. Literally literally nothing um, Well, the act was uh, implemented in 2004 We're now in 2019 So in round numbers, let's make it 15 years There have been perhaps two or three mediocre, very, very mediocre attempts to talk about electronic connectivity, to say we're trying to do something, but absolutely nothing of substance ever materialized. Um, So the act is broken? That part of the act is absolutely broken. Uh, I I, I think there's lots of other parts of the act that that are broken, such as the the whole current fiasco around um, relicensing. But… uh, of, you know, or, or trying to get expired licenses, uh, reinstated and, and let's not go there. We have a whole new episode on that. But, um, there, there's, there's, there's so many fundamental problems emanating from the loss of control and the, what I can only believe is deliberate maladministration and, um, just making everything as difficult as possible. Um,
1: and, and you're at broken. the coalface as a, as a firearm dealer. This is your daily reality, isn't it?
0: You know, Martin, what is, what is truly sad is, um, we've got a new president of the country and all the talk in the country is about growing the economy and creating jobs and getting more money into the fiscus and so on. And, and, and the whole firearms industry is a multi-billion rand, B with a billion with a B. It's a multi-billion rand industry that pays Huge import duties on 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 firearms and VAT you know, and and VAT. Um, you know, we we talked about why guns are so expensive uh, uh, just before the show started, and if you look at the the money that goes to the government in the form of import duties and VAT, it's about uh, forty five, very close to forty five percent on firearms coming into the country gets added to the to the cost price, um, and that's a huge amount of money. And here, then, then we're not even talking about the income tax that the companies are paying on, 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 on profitable businesses that individuals are paying for, for all the salaries that they the employment and, and the employment, you know, there's, there's upwards of a hundred thousand people employed in, uh, the firearms industry, including hunting and ranching and, uh, security and so on. And the police are making it so difficult for firearms, um, and firearms owners, ...that this whole industry is absolutely in jeopardy at the moment. Many of our members are facing, uh, experiencing financial hardship, and we've been through this uh, in the 2004 era, where under the previous act, there was somewhere around 800 firearms dealers in the country. And by the time that act was, uh, the new act was really underway, uh, around 2008, 2010 the number of firearms dealers in the country was down to 80. And many, many jobs were lost. The industry
1: shrunk to almost nothing. And we've clawed our way back out of it. And I think you've touched on, again, a number of issues. And that is what sectors of society and the economy the dealers touch. And the answer is many, many sectors. You mentioned security, for example. A security company has to buy its firearms from a licensed dealer, doesn't it? And that's a major part of um the trade the security industry is um, it's very large and it's increasing and many firearms are specifically imported for the security industry, and those companies are struggling to get licenses.
0: Well, it goes beyond just the firearms. Um, there's the, the firearms is, a, is obviously the, the hot potato part of it, but um, uh, value-wise, there's probably more value in the ammunition that the industry is consuming because that's a, a, a repeating process all the time. Um, the security industry... Needs to train, uh, and they buy huge quantities Has of ammunition. They have to train. They have Has to train. train. That's a to legal train. requirement. Yep. Well, not only that, you know, the the police also buy the ammunition from uh, firearms dealers. In the past, we've supplied to the police uh, ballistics uh, or forensics unit in Pretoria uh, ammunition that they use for for testing firearms. And if there's no dealers left to to supply any of these things. Where are they going to turn to? Um, because the, the industry in South Africa, uh, for both firearms and ammunition is in a very, very precarious position. Uh, the way Danal is, uh, struggling, uh, the way Danala scaled down in the past, um, and the, the economics don't allow for many of the uh, smaller private Firearms manufacturers
1: to, to really sustain a business Well here. I was going to say We actually really don't have private manufacturer firearms in this country Extremely small scale And, and um, again Not worth talking about Again a manufacturer can't sell to the public He's got to sell through a dealer Or she has to Correct. sell through a dealer So Correct. again we've got this very critical we, We've got an interface that works on so many different levels You've got the control level which is the paperwork You've got the commercial level You've got the long term Aspect of sustaining the security Industry um, The replacement of firearms in the security industry And you may or may not know this But the police Their service pistols are supplied by a private dealer in this country.
0: Yes, because I, I, I know Jeff quite well, and um, he, he's been
1: supporting the police there for for, for many years. So they're, they're, the police, in a way, are shooting themselves in the foot because they Unintended. need private dealers to maintain their <laughs> law enforcement function. But it seems to have escaped them. It just they just don't seem to comprehend the problems that they have created.
0: It's it's truly mind-boggling, and that's, that's why I say the, the, the level of incompetence and the impact of this is, is so vast that it cannot simply be incompetence. It must be a deliberate effort with instructions to the very top of that part of the police force, probably from the minister down. Whether it involves the president at that level and cabinet and so on, I, I, I can't say I'm not – Involved in that level But absolutely the minister must know about it We've told him about it We've tried to communicate with him Before launching the court case uh, So that they you know, could hear our pleas and, and try and help us But the deathly silence is absolutely the only response
1: That we've well, we actually got. tells us something they yeah. tell, They're ignoring us absolutely. Let, let, Let's talk solutions Let's talk the court case Let's have a look at the picture That uh, is going to happen In the foreseeable future what are we going to do? What can we do? What needs to be done in order to fix this mess? Because it sounds to me like it's one unholy mess. It is one unholy mess, but I still believe it is easily fixable
0: if there is a genuine desire to fix it. Um, the dealers can help in in many ways, and in fact, our court case is simply asking that the police are compelled to implement the act correctly we 're not asking for anything strange we 're not asking for changes in legislation or we 're just saying do the job and do the job properly. Do the job that the law tells you to do absolutely um, and and that 's why it's a it 's a simple fix having fifteen years of experience of the act now, I think we 're in a a fairly good position to understand what it 's about. It was a system that was working well from 2010 through about 2016, um, it's because they got the suit off them. Just by the way, they had to. They had to do some. Sure, but that that was all part of of getting understanding of the system and making it work. And then through this deliberate effort from from the police's side, they they literally pulled the rug from under uh, many people, and. W- they don't want to talk about it. They don't want to solve the problem, and it's, it's
1: really disappointing. Uh, but it's an easy thing to solve, I believe. I think that encapsulates it. They don't want to solve the problem. The last issue I want to touch on is the fact that um, firearm dealers inadvertently, through what I call a public service, have found themselves in a situation where they may have a lot of firearms that the police don't view as legal. And that was the situation – I see you're smiling – that was a situation where people wanted to hand in guns either because they didn't renew their license or they forgot, whatever that particular reason may be, um, or because they've inherited firearms and they haven't um, they haven't licensed them. And many dealers have taken these firearms into stock in good faith with the purpose of making sure that these firearms are properly stored because dealers have vaults and proper safes, and they've tried to submit documentation – They've tried to regularize their possession, and my understanding is that one of the consequences of this mess is that that paperwork has also not been processed. I mentioned
0: earlier the uh, drastic reduction in the number of dealers uh, when the new act came in, um, down to about 80 from to a tenth of what it was. In that process, as dealers closed, firearm stock was transferred, guns were taken in from the public uh, often many of these were really without value because the value of guns back then was was very, very low. Um, there was a, a glut of uh, unwanted firearms on, on the market and people were literally just giving them away. All along the way, uh, many of this or much of this paperwork, while submitted correctly at the time, was not correctly processed or uh, what we believe is that there were uh, or have been substantial crashes of the central firearms uh, database uh, regarding the firearms and, and the data that was restored was way out of date. So many of the intermediate transactions have been lost. And ultimately, the paperwork supporting all of these things also kept for a typical five-year period. Uh, often, that paperwork was either destroyed after five years or got lost when a dealership closed down and the firearms moved and all the paperwork necessarily didn't and so on. So, yes, there are many firearms sitting in in dealer stock at the moment with a legitimate paper trail of history but an incomplete paper trail and the current attitude of the police is unless there's a perfect and pristine paper trail uh these which, they, arms, which they can't process which they can't they, they can't process or they've processed and have lost uh, through their system crashes and so on um without that paper trail they are refusing to do anything with these they won't allow them to be uh, re-licensed to an individual so a dealer can't sell them but the dealers have, uh, without a doubt, clearly identified them uh, to the police over the years uh, through all of the regular inspections that a dealer faces. Typically, every three months, the police officials come to inspect and verify that all the firearms in the dealer stock comply or, or agree with the uh, paper-based uh, register, um, so all the, the the fundamental control that a dealer has is a a, a, a paper book, handwritten, um, where uh, changes may not be erased. That anything that's, that's changed is crossed out. So all of that history is is well documented and clearly there. And um, despite being inspected and these firearms acknowledged, the central part of the of the system, the central firearms register, won't allow them to be processed. So I think overall, <coughs> a
1: very very bleak, dismal
0: situation but it 's a new year, Martin. We have to look to the positive side. Um, uh, it is a bleak picture, but I think there with is the, some some the, light at the end of the tunnel. With the police in the middle
1: well you you sorry as the dealer, I in think the, middle.
0: the dealers are in the middle. Uh, the police are on the one side being obstructive. The clients and and the public out there are are feeling very, very frustrated uh, that they can 't get their firearm license application submitted and and, and let 's face it, even when they do get these things submitted after great perseverance. There's a whole spate of irrational refusals also going on, and that's another topic of its own. You know <laughs> that we can we can talk about some more, and and it's it's extremely disheartening
1: because the vast majority of these irrational refusals are subsequently overturned on appeal. Yet the solution is simply that the police must have the mindset to fix it.
0: Until that happens, uh, I believe we're uh, really facing an uphill battle. Uh, we'll continue persevering because it's in all of our interests to. Enjoy the gun fun. Just say yes. Yes.
1: Cliff yes. Central.com